0: And I know last week was probably pretty heavy. It might have been pretty deep. <laughs> might have been pretty heavy and deep for uh, some of you. And, and for others of you, it might have really resonated quite well. Some of you, you may understand and recognize like, oh, okay, I, I see now. I see more. And that's kind of what these all of these podcasts are about. You know, they're, they're teachings. They're transmissions of energy. You know, again, it's not about the words, I'm using the words that I'm using are just to again they're kind of play with the intellect as the as the transmission comes through. And I want to continue the karmic clock analogy just a little bit to go maybe a little more deeply, or maybe not more deeply, but to explain using some examples of why this analogy, why this perspective, why seeing this, why seeing this unfold, this phenomena occur, this perfection, this phenomena, this impermanence of that's always changing, that's always moving, that's always moving towards what? Moving towards unity, moving towards peace, moving towards harmony, moving towards love. And yet at the same time, it's always there. The idea of moving towards is a part of the illusion, and that is a part of the perfection, because we're already there. We're already in harmony. We're already in peace. We're already in love. Everything is love. Everything is love. Everything has always been love. There is nothing other than love. There is only our inability to see it, our inability to experience it, because we're distracted by something that we don't understand or think we need. It's And what we think we need is the funny thing, because, brothers, what we think we need is love. (laughs) What we're all seeking is to feel the unity, is to feel the love, is to feel what we felt in the beginning, in the beginning of all of it, which has always been here, because the beginning and the end are the same. The beginning and the end are now. Now is the beginning, and now is the end. And so this time, this idea of time, as it moves forward, as it rolls forward, is a part of that perfection in illusion. It's the illusion in perfection. And so I want to go just a little bit more. I'm going to call this part two. We're going to do the Karmic Clock part two. (laughs) Because to begin with, remember warm hand, cold hand. Remember a couple weeks ago, there is no right or wrong here. There's no better or worse. There's no higher or lower. I know that there appears that way. Things appear that way. And a lot of people who seek control, a lot of people who seek power, They want to use that illusion to their benefit. They want to say, this is better than that, or this is right and this is wrong. This is good, and so do that, and this is bad, so don't do that. And of course, there is the... Notion that there is only love like that's what I'm telling you there is only love But good or bad is a part of the subjectivity It's a part of the subjectivity that only exists in illusion and when you can break through the illusion You see that only love exists only love is there only love and acceptance Love and acceptance love and acceptance love and acceptance. That's what is Everything else as I say everything else is kind of this Kind of this conditioned program that we're running which is a part of the perfection as well. So I want to get into that. Now, brothers, remember, none of this is judgment. That's why I mentioned warm hand, cold hand. That's why I mentioned, you know, if you go back a couple weeks, I began with that kind of as a prelude to these karma episodes, because karma is such a a misunderstood word. Karma actually means action. That's all it means. It's one word meaning one word. The word it means is action. You know, people get all kinds of ideas about karma. What goes around comes around. And, you know, you do something bad, you're going to get punished. You're going to get a bad thing done to you. And, you do something good and you're going to get rewarded. You're going to get a good thing done to you. And, you know, these are these are ideas that we really misunderstand. We really misunderstand the point of karma because karma is just action. And we all come here for our karma. We all come here for our action, for what we do. Doing is a part of being a human being. That's why we are a human being, so that we can do. <laughs> you know, it's why we come to this sacred place, this planet Earth, so that we can do, so that we can fulfill karma, which, which wraps both ways, you know, whether you call it adding karma, removing karma, whether you call it fulfilling karma or uh, revealing karma or unraveling karma, it's all the same because it's just karma. It's just action. It's just action. And a lot of it's going to depend on where your true self, where your celestial being, where your soul, where your uh, whatever you want to call it, your Atman, where it is on this rolling clock are you a new soul? Have you come here in complete confusion, seeking to get back to unity through pleasure at expense of others? Are you a teenage being <laughs> where you're seeking pleasure but not at the expense of others? You, you just You just want to keep yourself in a state of happiness. You just want to make sure you're happy, that you're taken care of, that you're good. And other people just really are kind of just bystander. They're kind of, you know, second thoughts. They really, don't have much to do with it. You, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you you know, you're not really thinking about them either. It's kind of like keeping them out, or are you seeking pleasure with others, like as, as a cooperative move, but still in the world, still externally, or have you passed through six o'clock and now you're in this other state where you realize that there's nothing outside of you that's going to provide this pleasure? That the pleasure is the unity, is the oneness, is the eternal God source, is passing through you. It's from within you. You are the vortex of it. It's coming out of you. And to go within is where you where you find it. You begin a journey within, you know? So I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into these times so you guys understand. But again, before I do this, recognize that there is no judgment here. I'm not judging anybody for where they are. In fact, everybody is exactly where they're supposed to be. Everybody's exactly where they're supposed to be. And that can be a very heavy thing To accept It can be a very difficult, let's say, very difficult pill to swallow (laughs) because of the way we're taught, because of the way we're trained, the way we're conditioned. Especially in the United States, especially culturally in the U.S., which is kind of becoming the global perspective, you know, the United States becoming that global, that westernized, everything's kind of becoming coming along with this idea that the United States has the right ideas, you know, so it's becoming more of a global perspective. But I'm going to tell you a few things, brothers. I'm going to give you a few examples. And it might seem a little bit scattered here because I'm really just talking to you guys more about this karmic clock and without anybody asking questions, you know, without you guys sitting here in front of me to ask questions, it's really going to kind of be a lot of examples. For example, I had a friend of mine come here to Tulum to to partake in a love ceremony, a remembering ceremony. You know, it's the same thing, right? To remember who you are is to remember that you are love. To remember where we are is to remember that we are in the embodiment. We are in the the bosom. We are in the cradle. We are in the space, <laughs> completely surrounded and, and permeating love. To remember that, it's a remembering ceremony, a love ceremony. And we got to talking. We actually got to talking before this ceremony. We got to talking about how do we move through this 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 place of punishment? How do we move through this place of blame and where we want to accuse, where somebody's gotta pay the price, right? Somebody's gotta be be held accountable, they say. Because remember, if we look at the karmic clock and if we break that up, if we break it up from, remember 12 o'clock is unity. 12 o'clock in the beginning, that's where we're all one. We're all in unity, we're all in harmony. We're all in in that that state of, of perfection and being perfect and knowing perfection. We're both being and knowing perfection. And then 1201, that's the eating of the tree, right? The eating of the apple and the tree of knowledge. All of a sudden we know, right? We have this knowledge. And so we start to think and thinking drives us away. It drives us away from our being, from our being in that state. And from that point forward, we're really just moving through time, trying to get back to where we've never left, trying to get back to love, trying to get back to unity. And we do it through the clock of of learning, The clock is just an analogy of of the journey, the journey of learning. So at the very early hours of the clock, say from 12.01 to to 2 o'clock, there's a lot of abuse. You know, there's a lot of theft. You could throw murder into here. You could throw rape into here. You could throw kidnapping into here, right? You could throw molestation into here, you know, kidnapping of kids or, or molestation of kids. You could throw drugs into here. You could throw a lot of things into this first couple hours of the karmic clock. And you see these people. We know these people. They end up on the news. They end up in our prisons. Some of them end up very wealthy, in fact, because they don't get caught, but they make a lot of money on it because that's what they're seeking. They're seeking pleasure. They're seeking to get back to unity, back to God. And God is love. God is peace. God is harmony. God is pleasure. God is a feeling of ecstasy and bliss. And we just have forgotten that, you see, because we've forgotten unity. So we're trying to make our own heaven with what we think it must be. And in the very early hours, it's all about pleasure at the expense. I don't care what happens to other people. I don't care. I will use other people. Other people don't mean anything to me. What, me, what, what the most important thing for me is my own pleasure. Pleasure for pleasure's sake. Because that's what at people in those spaces, in those early hours, that's what they're. That's what they're being told. That's what they're being taught. They're they're in such a deep state of suffering. I mean, remember, for the first couple hours, this is the initial. This is the initial casting out. This is where we were first cast out of the garden. There's so much pain. There's so much suffering, and that suffering is projected. It's transmuted. It's put right out into. This field of separation, this illusion of duality. And so what the feeling is within these people, what the feeling is within them is what they are creating in the world. As they feel this suffering, as they feel this pain, that is what they create. And so it's it's murder, it's rape, it's kidnapping, it's abuse, it's theft. They create pain, they create suffering from their own suffering. We move into maybe from 2.01 to 4 o'clock. Well, now I don't want to make others suffer. At this point, I'm not making others suffer anymore. It's not, I don't even care what other people are doing. I just, I want to, I need my own pleasure. I I need to find, I need to get my place. I need to get back to God through pleasure the way I think that must be, which is, again, brothers, all of this is wrapped up in conditioning. You understand? Cultural, societal, economic, educational, governmental, religious. It's all wrapped up in our, there might be a lot of buffering here. This is where a lot of buffering happens. People buffer with all... And this is where a lot of people... Look, again, this is not from a place of judgment. This is really from a place of observation. This is where a lot of people are. It's from in my own work, as I've seen. There's where a lot of people are. People are buffering. People are buffering with Instagram. People are buffering with television. People are buffering with sugar. People are buffering with pornography. People are buffering with gambling. People are buffering with spending money. You know, the people are out there just spending, spending, spending. People are buffering with they say alcohol right drugs now, the deep drugs like the methamphetamines and the heroin and those drugs that really like you know that may be more of like a twelve oh one to a to a two o'clock because look at what those people are doing to get their drugs right they are stealing, they are harming people, you know they are, they may be abusing or battering people to get their drugs, you know holding people up. At gunpoint or at knife point trying to get money to buy their drugs or stealing, you know, going into garages and stealing things that they can to to pawn and get their money. But, you know, these other drugs, like if you're buffering with marijuana or alcohol, alcohol can be very abusive as well, depending on the level where you're at. No judgment, no judgment. Just where you are. It's okay. And then maybe from 401 until 559, we get that other space, right? We get that space where, okay, now I am not going to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt myself. But you're still out there. You're still in the world. It's still an external seeking. And we're out there seeking that external source. Where is the pleasure in the world? Where can I get it? Where can I find it? Where can I find unity? Where can I get back to God? I know it's here. It must be here. It must be here. The garden is here. It must be I know it. I'm getting closer to it, closer to it because I've stopped harming, right? I've stopped harming. As I let go of my own suffering, as I get closer, as I learn these lessons and purges from my soul, I begin to to, to get closer so I know it's there. I can feel it. I can sense it, but I'm still seeking outside. Now, of course, all of that is still building up the karma. You're still doing these things. You're looking outside of you. That's building up where you're going to come back. Again, this is where I say what goes around comes around, right? Because it's going to come back at 5.59. That's when despair. Despair, the recognition, the realization, the epiphany, the insight hits. It's like, this is not going to work. <laughs> We're not going to get it done this way. Despair hits, six o'clock rolls, and you realize it's got to be a switch. It's like flipping the light from off to on, and you realize it's within me. Oh my goodness, it's within me, (laughs) right? Within the despair comes the awakening. That's from 559 to 601, right? So it's despair through to awakening. There's still that inner seeking. And these people are around as well. And I see these people too from 601 until like nine o'clock, 859 maybe. I see these people too. They're seeking God through breath work. They're seeking God through yoga. They're seeking God through fasting. They're seeking God through service. Maybe they're out there working in a soup kitchen. They're volunteering, right? They're seeking God through, and again, that's kind of an action. That might be more of like a four o'clock to 5.59, right? That service, that wanting to do something externally, that helping, that social activism. But there's the breath work. There's the meditation. There's the prayers. There's the yoga. There's the all of the things that people are doing to go within, there's the red light there and the Kundalini and, and all that stuff they're, they're all out there. they're in there, they're doing that. They're seeking that it's like, it's within me, it's within me. I have to unlock this. I have to unlock this. I have to unlock this. There's nothing to unlock. It's already unlocked. <laughs> it's already unlocked. That's the thing. It's already there. It's already unlocked. There's still that blockage. And there must be again, there must be, it's the perfection, it's the part of it, it's the journey. But even in that space, even in that 6.01 to the 9 o'clock, there's still a duality. There's still likes and dislikes, you know. There's still wants and not wants, uh, desires and aversions. You know, I desire to have a great breathwork session, but I I want to, you know, I want to avoid getting sick. You know, I don't want to get sick. You know, there's still those wants and and aversions. And then as you roll past 9 o'clock, 9.30, you realize that everything, everything, is for you. Everything, you know. I get a new car, okay, great. I get sick, okay, great. It's all good. Why is it all good? Because it's all helping me let go. And I'm going to talk more about that in the next podcast. So I don't want to go too much deeply in that because that will be a heavy one. That one I'm going to put at you right before the new year. But with this one, I want to give you guys some examples because, again, like we, we don't really get it. When I'm telling you that this is not about judgment, when I'm telling you that everything is okay, that everything is perfect, that everything is love. I, I need to give you guys some examples here so that you really understand what I'm saying, that there's really no difference. There's really no difference at all between somebody at 2 o'clock and somebody at 9 o'clock. And that may blow your mind right there. You may be, come on now, Kevin. Come on. Don't, don't, don't pull my leg here. You know, I don't need you to be blowing smoke here up my, you know, up my tush. I don't need that. I don't need you to be telling me that there's no difference between somebody who kidnaps kids and somebody who's doing breath work. I don't need that. You know, these people are different. Somebody's wrong. This is wrong. These people need to be punished. They shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be doing this. You know, breath work is harmless. It doesn't do, it doesn't harm anybody. You know, and that's our judgment. That's where our judgment comes in. We start to say, like, I'm better. I'm better because I don't do that. I'm better because I don't do that. I'm better because I do this. You know, they're worse because look at them. Look at what they do. Look at the pain and suffering that they cause. Well, let's use some examples here. As I said, I had a friend, a brother, a beautiful, beautiful soul brother come down to Tulum here and uh, do a... um, a remembering ceremony, a love ceremony. And we had a conversation where, it was kind of a conversation on this. Like, what about these people? What about these people that are out there, that abuse, that steal, that harm, that that hurts people? And we could take an example of, and we could even take an example of that. We could take an example of somebody who, who, who touches kids. That's what we were talking about. Somebody who touches kids, right, or a child molester. This is the person, right? This is person A, we'll call them. We'll call them person A. Say, what about this person at 2 o'clock or even 1.30? We'll even say 12.30, right? Some of you might say, like, there's, there's not much lower you can go than that. There's not much lower you can go than somebody who, who molests a kid. Okay, so we can call that 12.30, right? Even if you want to, we can call it 12.10. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The point is, is we've got this person who's in such a deep state of suffering, such a deep state of suffering that this is what they do. Now, of course, our culture, our conditioning, the way we look at things, because of where we are in the karmic clock, we may be at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, we may be at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. We may look at this person and say, this person is evil. This person is evil. They shouldn't be doing that. They need to be punished. They need to be taken out of this space, either put to death or in a prison cell where they will never, ever see the light of day again. You need to be punished. Well, brother, they are being punished <laughs> in a couple of different ways. Number one, they're being punished right now because their actions of suffering come from suffering. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But number two, because of the way the karmic clock works, it's going to come around. It may not come around in this lifetime. But people think it needs to come around in this lifetime. That's this whole idea about the prison, right? Put them in a box, put them in a cell. But we don't need, like, there are much, (laughs) look. (laughs) There are ways that this person, this soul is going to atone that are way more heavy, way more intense than than putting their body putting their flesh in a prison cell for 70 years. I mean, it's just to compare what the soul must go through to atone for that versus being in what the body, what the body's going to do is, I mean, the difference is, is so vast. I can't even begin to, to, to create an analogy. It's the difference between the size of Mount Everest versus a grain of sand. I mean, basically, I mean, even that is poor comparison. These people will get it. And it's not the people, right? It's the soul. The soul will atone because the soul must atone. It's the part of the journey. You know, the suffering that's coming out as we're cast out of the garden is the Garden of Eden as we're cast out of unity. I'll say unity for those of you that may have some aversion to me Mm. using the garden as 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 an example. When we're cast out of unity, when we're cast out of oneness, that creates so much pain in the soul. It creates so much pain in the spirit, so much pain in the true self that that pain is acted out. It's acted out into the world. And how is it acted out? Well, it's acted out through the choice of how the soul comes to the earth. You see, we choose our parents. We choose our journey. We choose how things are going to happen. And if we look at person A and we say, okay, person A, tell me. Say, you know, you have to be held accountable. You have to be accountable for what you've done. And person A may say to you, well, look, like, I can't be blamed. Why are you blaming me? I'm I'm only doing what I was taught. You know, when I was a kid, somebody touched me. I was molested as a kid. You know, I'm just doing what I was shown. I'm I'm running my programming. I may not say it in that way, of course, but that's how it goes, right? In some way, this person was, because we're all taught that this is, you know, we're all taught to, to live out our destinies. We're all taught to live out our condition. We're all taught to live out our karma. You know, it's how we engage with things. It's how things are brought into our sphere. It's how things are brought into our sphere of, of, uh, of experience. And so the person A may say, well, it wasn't me, right? It's, I can't be held accountable. It's not me to blame. It's person B. It's whoever touched me as a kid. You know, this person in the previous generation It was my uncle or my father or my mother or my or a teacher or, or, or a priest or whatever, right? It's like, it wasn't me. If you want to hold somebody accountable for this, you need to hold this person accountable because they're the ones. They're the ones that did this to me. They're the ones that made me who I am. So we say, okay, and we go to that person. We go to person B, and we hold, say, okay, it's you then. It's you then that must be held accountable. And person B says, oh, it can't be me that's held accountable because that happened to me when I was a kid, that, I, that was trained to me. The only reason I did that to that person was because of what happened to me and I learned that it was wrong and I've grown since then. How can I be held accountable for something I did 20, 30 years ago? It was. It was this. It was that. You know, when I was a kid, I was touched and I was trained, and that's that's how it happened to me. I say, okay, so who touched you? It was a person C. Well, okay, we'll find person C if they're still alive. <laughs> we'll go and find them, person C, and, we'll, and person C will just say the same thing, and person C will say it was person D, and person D will say the same thing, and it will go all the way back to the beginning. It'll go all the way back, all the way back to the, to Adam and Eve, essentially, to to being cast out, to being let out of oneness, and even Adam and Eve would say it wasn't them. <laughs> Adam would say it was Eve, and Eve would say it was a serpent. It was a serpent that doth tempt me. And who's the serpent going to blame? A <laughs> serpent doesn't blame anybody because the, the serpent was an angel, right? The serpent was there doing God's work. The serpent knew right, this was a part of the plan all along. The serpent just kind of says, Yeah, mm-hmm. Smiles, winks, and says, Yes, this was this was all the way it was meant to be. Because it is. It's the karmic clock, it's the way it's meant to be. It's our journey. It's human beings. So what do we do? So what do we do with these people? Do we throw them in a cell? Do we throw them in prison? Do we punish them? Do we blame them? Do we project our own suffering onto them, our own hate, our own anger, our own hypocrisy? I mean, the, the, the Christ said it himself, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And slowly, one by one, from oldest to youngest, They began to drop their stones. And that's something to remember from oldest to youngest. Because the more we age, the more sins we have. The more we can see in our own lives where, hey, like we might have not done that, but we've done this. We've all done things that have kept us out of unity, out of peace, out of harmony, out of love. All of us. So how can we say that this person Needs to go there, to that place, to that prison, to that punishment. There are people in the world now who actually are becoming idolized for these kinds of behaviors. There's a guy out there, Aaron, Was it, Aaron? Is it Aaron Tate? What's his name? Aaron, it's Tate, Mr. Tate. We'll call him Mr. Tate. I think it's Andrew, maybe Andrew Tate. You know, I look at this guy because of what I do as a coach, as a men's coach. You know, I I hear this name. I know this name. You know, this man began as an MMA fighter. We'll, Well, think about that. To begin with, think about the suffering one has to be in to choose to go and get beaten up or to beat people up. And again, I'm not judging MMA. <laughs> like if you're an MMA fighter, I'm not judging you, right? I'm not judging. I'm saying, okay, so you're, where, just ask yourself, where are you on the karma clock? This is a question for you. What is happening in your life? What are you demonstrating? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? CTF or CTFA, right? CTFA. And then what are your results in your life? This is the model of alignment, brothers. And Mr. Tay, again, is it Andrew? I think it's Andrew. Anyway, he began as a fighter. He began in a a state of abuse. Abuse. He abused others and he was abused by others. You know, and then from that suffering, from that suffering, he, he created this sense of this false sense of confidence, this sense of arrogance and egotism, a very powerful, strong ego. A strong ego that says, I will not be abused. I'm a winner a fighter, and I'm a winner. I'm not abused. People don't abuse me. I abuse. I'm powerful. You know, I became a womanizer, a manipulator of women. Now, he didn't kidnap women, you understand. He's not, you know, between 12.01 and 2 o'clock. He might be more around 2.01 to to 4 o'clock, right? Because he's manipulating. And he ended up in prison, by the way. He ended up in a Romanian prison. I still don't know why men follow him. I mean, he is uh, an example of the karmic clock it's nice to have kind of a name and a face to put to, to put to these things to understand that this man is suffering this man is he can be a role model if you're suffering like if you're at 1230 okay if you're at 130 even if you're at 230 you say to yourself I'm in such a state of suffering I'm in such a state of deep disconnection from unity I'm so far from oneness that this man is a role model for me because he's at three o'clock and you're at 2.30, then hey, by all means, like I get it. I get it. I'm not judging you, I'm not judging him. I'm simply saying to look at it, to look at it, to really, really look at it for what it is, for what it is. It is suffering. It is not love, it is not unity. It's not harmony, it's not peace. It's a way for people to try to get back to unity, to get back to love, through the abuse and manipulation of others, through a selfish form of feeding pleasure, through a state of lack that doesn't exist. The lack is the illusion. The suffering is the illusion. Now, now Andrew, I know I've called you out here, brother, and, I, and by all means, please come, come to me, because I, I, I've got nothing but love for you. I'm not judging you. I accept you. I accept you for exactly where you are and who you are. I'm not judging. I'm not judging you any more than I, because again, if you're at three o'clock on the karma clock, that's okay. That's where you are. That's okay. That's exactly where you are and exactly where you should be because the lessons that you're learning here at three o'clock are going to feed you into 301. They're going to feed you into 302. They're going to feed you into 303. And eventually you are going to get to 1159. It may take another hundred trillion years, you know, hundred trillion lifetimes, You know, for as long as it takes that bird with the silk scarf in its mouth to fly over that top of that mountain and wear it down. But that's okay. That's your journey. That's what must be. That's God's perfect plan. It's all perfect. And we can't sit here and say, well, he's a bad man. He's a bad person. He shouldn't have done that and throw him in a Romanian prison. (laughs) I mean, we can and we we did. We did. We did. You did. I did. Right? You might say, well, I didn't do that. I don't want Andrew in there. But you did because it's in you. It's in all of us to judge. It's in all of us to judge and to point our fingers and to blame. It's all a part of it. It's a part of who we are because we are in that same space. It's all one. The clock, remember, is an analogy. When we get to 1159 and we see everything, we realize that the whole journey, the you, the me, the path, the pilgrim, the goal, the destination, all of it rolls up into one and we're free. We're free of this idea of time this illusion of duality. It's all happening now. It was you and me that did this. And again, it had to happen because it's what happens, but to look at it, to see it, does it really do him any good? Does it do him any good to sit in a prison? (laughs) Does it do anybody any good to sit in a prison? No, of course not, because why? That just adds suffering. It adds more suffering. So you may say to yourself, to me, you may say, okay, Kevin, so what do we do? What do we do? Well, I'll ask you, I'll ask you, what do you do? What do you do when you are walking down the street and you're passing by someone and they trip and they fall down? What do you do? I mean, you have a couple options, right? You got three options, in fact. First option is you see this person trip and fall down, you can laugh at him and you can kick him while they're down. Stay down there. <laughs> you fell, you deserve to be down there. Stay down there, don't even try getting back up. You made that mistake of slipping and now that you're down there, I'm gonna make sure you stay down there, right? I don't think you would do that. But then again, that's what we do when we put people in prison, that's what we do. That's what, that's what That's what we're doing. We're punishing people for slipping, for falling. We've all fallen before. Depending on where we are in the karmic clock, some of us fall, Again, if you're at a 1230, or 1210, you know, it might be the abuse of kids, abuse of animals. It might be murder. It might be theft. But if you're later on, it might be lying. Right? Maybe you tell a lie. Now, we all do something that takes us away from our unity. We all do something that takes us away from our oneness, takes us away from love. So that's one thing we can do. And most of us do that, actually. As I said, you may not think you do that. But that's what most of us do. That's what our culture does. That's what our education does. That's what our conditioning does. That's what this age of punishment is all about. Somebody trips and falls on the ground, we'll keep them down there. Because, hey, you didn't fall. You're still walking. This person down there, as long as they're down there, you know, they're not going to get in your way when you are up walking around. So we need to kick them when they're down. We need to keep them down there. Hold them down. That's what most of us do. And I know that you may may have a lot of resistance to that, brother. That's what most of us do. That's what our culture demands of us. That's That's what it means to hold someone accountable. They made a mistake. Hold them accountable. Okay, keep them down. Hold them accountable. Keep them down. The other option you have is to just walk on by. Just walk right past them. And that might be what a lot of you are thinking I'm suggesting. A lot of you might be thinking by this, like, oh, okay, Kevin, you're suggesting that what? We should just condone this behavior? We should just say it's okay? We should say it's okay for people to abuse animals and molest children and, and kidnap people and, and steal and murder and, and, and rape and pillage and burn down houses and whatever? Like, we, we, we just condone this behavior? We, it's, all, it's all good? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I know that's where the mind goes, because because the mind only sees that binary. The mind only sees the two things. Either we punish them by kicking them when they're down, or we condone it and we walk on past. That's what the mind sees. That's because the mind is so detached, so detached from oneness. It's so far from love. It's been conditioned so deeply to suffer, So, so deeply that that's what most of us think, that the only two options are punishment. You either punish or we ignore. We either make this person, we either blame this person, we hold them accountable, or we condone their behavior and we say it's okay. Okay? But those those are two options. The third option, which most of you probably would do if you actually saw somebody fall, maybe, I don't know, maybe, you'd probably help them up. So, oh my gosh, are you all right, brother? Come up, let me help you up. Take my hand. Take my hand. Let me help you. Take my hand. I will help you up. I will show you love. I will show you unity. I will remind you that you and I are together, that we're in this, we're walking this path together. We're all in this in, as one. Take my hand. You don't have to stay down there. I will help you up. I'll get you back on your feet. And if you fall again, it's okay. I will help you up again. And again, and again, because if I fall, I might need your help. I wouldn't want you to kick me when I'm down. I wouldn't want you to walk right past me. If I fall and my brothers reach out their hand, I will take it. I will say, thank you, brother. Thank you for your help. Thank you for reminding me of love. Thank you for reminding me of unity. Well, we don't do that. We don't do that as a society. We don't do that as a culture. We don't do that through our conditioning. In fact, what we do is we usually just join the mob. Somebody trips and falls, five or six people go down there to kick that person while they're down. And we just say, oh, okay, well, let me join in that kicking. Let me get on that bandwagon. Because certainly I don't want them kicking me. As long as we're kicking that person, they're not kicking me. So I'm going to go jump on that and say, that's okay. You know, we condone the punishment, but the thought of love never enters our mind. And again, I'm not judging. <laughs> I know I tend to get very passionate. I know I tend to get very deep and heavy with these analogies, with these stories. And, but I'm not judging. I'm not judging anybody. I'm not judging the people that fall. Of course, I'm not judging the people that fall. You can probably tell that I, I'm reaching out a hand. I don't judge that person. I don't judge anybody. You're 10, 12-10. You're at 1210. I know you're suffering. Let me remind you what love is. I'm not going to kick you. I'm not going to throw you in a prison so you can be remembered constantly what hate and anger are. You already have that. Your soul is already full of that. You're already already resentful of being tossed out of the garden, tossed out of unity. You don't need to be reminded of more hate and anger. What you're trying to remember and what we're all trying to get back to is love, is unity, is oneness. but I would say the same thing to the people kicking the guy. It's like, hey, let me help you. Why are you kicking our brother? Our brother doesn't need to be kicked. He needs to be helped, he needs to be loved. Why are you kicking him? Are you so afraid of being kicked yourself that you're here kicking this, this being that is you? This being that is was, was you 30,000 lifetimes ago, 100,000, 100 billion lifetimes ago, that was you. And here you are kicking this, this soul. Why? Have you forgotten? Have we all forgotten who we are? Are we all so deep into the space of forgetfulness, the space of conditioning that we don't even remember? Everybody needs love. Everybody is seeking love. Everybody is seeking unity. That's what the whole karmic clock is about. That's why there's not anything better or worse. There's nobody better. Just because you're at nine o'clock, just because you're at eight o'clock, just because you're doing breath work and meditation and prayer, just because you go to church and do all these things and you're doing all this stuff, it doesn't make you better than somebody out there who's who's stealing cars and abusing animals. It doesn't make you better. There is no better. There's just the journey back to unity. We're just trying to get there through different ways, and we're getting there through the ways that we that our soul has chosen. That our soul is chosen based on, based on where it's at. And from a physical perspective, from a material perspective, from a perspective of form, when our soul chooses, when it goes into that space, wherever it is in that karmic clock, when it chooses its, its experience, it's going to choose the experience that conditions it to suffer. Because that's what it must experience in order to learn the lesson. It must These things don't just pop out of nowhere. This is conditioning. It's a part of conditioning. So brothers, this part two of the Karma Clock, the reason why I brought this up is because I really wanted to go deeper into non-judgment, go deeper into acceptance, go deeper into love, go deeper into understanding where people are. When you see people, when you turn on the news and you see people doing apparent things, things that you would say you would never do, Remember that you have done that. Not in this life, but in a previous. You have. You've done it. Don't be so, don't be so, don't have amnesia on this. Don't forget. Forgetting doesn't make it go away. You've done it too. So be very careful as you watch this and watch it with love. Watch it and understand that these people are, they're suffering so deeply. Or if you can't get there, which is okay, if you can't get there, if you can't get to the point of of compassion, which is fine, then at least pay attention to what's coming up within you because brother, that is your karma. Whatever anger is coming up within you, that is your karma. Whatever resistance, whatever hatred, whatever judgment is coming up within you, that is your karma. If you cannot see their suffering, if you cannot get to compassion, then you just have a little bit more to work out. You got a little more karma to get out. You got a little more karma to work out of your, you got some lessons to learn, brother. That's what this is about. It's what we're doing. Two things, right? What we're doing, two things. One, we're all moving back to unity. We're all moving back to love. We're all moving back to God, whatever you want to call it. God, love, unity, oneness, wholeness, completion, you know, totality. We're all moving back there. That's number one. Number two, we're all on our own journey of lessons, of learning lessons through our, Actions through our karma. Judge not lest you be judged. He who is without sin cast the first stone. Remove the plank from your own eye before you judge the speck in your brothers. I mean, how many t- How many times, how many different ways did Jesus have to say this? I mean, the Christ have to say this. I mean, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, the Buddha said it too. <laughs> like Krishna said it in the Gita. I mean, it's in every text. I, it's all there. It's all there for you. The karmic clock is not a clock of judgment. It's not a clock of comparison. It's not a clock of better or worse. It's not a clock of right or wrong, good or bad, holy or evil. It's a clock of unity. It's a clock of oneness. It's a clock of love. It's a clock that says, yes, yes, here we are. Here we are walking together this path. Here we are. And if you fall, brother, if you fall, I will love you. I will help you. I will help you get back on your feet because you are my brother because you are my heart, because you are me in another life. And if you see a brother kicking a brother while he's down, then that brother needs help too. That brother needs love as well. And if you're kicked when you're down, well, I'm gonna hit that one in the next podcast episode. (laughs) Because that happens. We all fall. We all fall and we all get kicked. That's a part of the karma clock that's what I have for you this week. I love you, brothers. You are my brothers. And I love you. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.